When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode releases on... Today is Flag Day, if you guys are listening to this. Flag Day, where we remember our flag. Susan B. Anthony, right? That's right. She she sewed it. Susan B. Anthony. And there's a funny story about Susan B. Anthony. The first American cosplayer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she actually... She actually uh, sewed is it sewed the first flag i think it seamstress did it uh seamstress did it apathetic seamstress stasiums <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's terrible print 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 Everybody and welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm. I am your host Travis Menard, and with me, as always, my other host, Brandon Cruz. I, I was just gonna see how long you could do the show by yourself before <laughs> I chimed in. Because uh, there's there's potential. There, you know, I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving Hawaii soon. I'm, I'm gonna do a little vacation. I'm gonna stop at Disneyland. Yeah. Gonna, there's a road trip involved. Road, who knows? Road what, trip. Yeah, I've seen a movie called like Road Trip. That or like and crazy <laughs> stuff happens. So like, yeah. who knows? You may have to do an episode by yourself one day. Well, the the, the good thing in to ease your your mind on this, I would never do a show by myself. Um, I, I don't I don't feel like I'm well. I don't feel like I'm interesting enough or entertaining enough to do it by myself. And nobody's arguing. Otherwise, I'd do stand up comedy. <laughs> uh, but no, I'd bring I'd bring in Chelsea to help me out with it. <laughs> Apathetic enthusiasm with Brandon and Chelsea Cruz. <laughs> she helped me with S four Y this fall. She helped me with S four Y last week, and the Twilight Zone podcast. Submit e- for your approval. Gk.com. <laughs> she, she is. Uh, she's. She's a kook. She's a kook, <laughs> and, and I've gotten. Uh, I got a, a tweet earlier about it. She's like, it actually said it was like, you two are a hoot. <laughs> and this is a ninety eight year old woman. Is this, is this who? Is this, uh, this is one of my friend's wives. Oh, okay. um, that I've met on uh, submit for your approval. But, Fair enough. Uh, but I was like, yeah, that, that's Chelsea. It's so true. We're, you guys are a hoot. <laughs> I, I, will, I won't argue. We're that. going through the plot synopsis, right? And she's just, Chelsea's like saying so much and she's talking so much in the synopsis. And, I, and so at one point I'm like, we have an entire section dedicated to discussion after the synopsis. I'm just <laughs> trying to get through the synopsis. Can we just get through this part? <laughs> And then we can have this conversation. And then she's like, oh, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. So I, I got back into the synopsis, but then she starts acting out the things <laughs> behind the microphone. like, And like, so then she goes into the, the bus terminal and blah, 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 blah. And Chelsea's acting it out. She's miming it out. I'm like, 
This is a podcast, Chelsea. <laughs> they cannot She's like Facebook Live this stuff, man. <laughs> uh, uh, funny woman. But anyway, funny so woman, I hate her. W- welcome to <laughs> death. <laughs> You can talk about that on Submitter for your approval. <laughs> this is apathetic enthusiasm. Get your mind right. So, yeah. So, this is Netflix Rewatch Week. That's right. Welcome. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to watch this month's movie, which is The Sandlot. The Sandlot. Uh, it's funny. You talked to me a little bit earlier about how when you were rewatching this film, you weren't sure whether or not you'd even seen it. I mean, is that is that accurate? Or? No, not that I hadn't seen it, but that I hadn't seen it all the way through. Oh, okay. Uh, it, right. You know, it when when it's been a while since you've seen a movie, you kind of think to yourself, "Have I seen that before?" I remember. I remember aspects of that movie. I remember parts of it. Yeah, right. Like like Goonies. Like I remember parts of it, but hey, I, you I can't. For Goonies, actually, specifically, I can't actually say that I've seen the the movie all the way through. I'm like 98% positive I've seen that movie all the way through. I know I own that movie, <laughs> but I don't think I could sit down and write for you, like, like scene for scene, what what takes place. Well, that's because you're aphantasia. But what what I found about Goonies is I've always, I didn't watch it when I was a kid, uh, but I tell people like, oh, I, I don't really remember the movie. So I'm like, oh, let's watch it. And of course, I'm at their house when they say this and we're drinking and so we start watching it, and I'm getting drunk, and I pass and you're just out. Like, you know what? I'll, I'm sure I'll remember it. Eventually. I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the guy with the thing. You know, and, pirates, I guess. I yeah, don't know. It was a cave. Know, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so two men enter, one man leaves. For me, that's roadway. And I know for others that are out there in the listening environment. Yeah. Uh, the Sandlot, I think, was a big movie for me in my childhood. I watched the film several times over and over again. Uh, and yeah, this is, this for me is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. So when it, when it was announced that it would be on Netflix, um, I was excited and it's on Netflix. I'm joking. Darr. It's a Netflix. Rewatch. Um, but yeah, so if you if you have been living under a rock or whatever, maybe you were born in the nineties. I don't know. I don't know what your deal is. Or or millions of pieces of little rocks, <laughs> aka sand. Oh, um, <laughs> the Sandlot is a coming of age tale. I'm just I'm just gonna roll through your laughter here. Uh, about a boy who moves to a new town and becomes friends with a group of kids that play baseball every day at the sandlot and it's more of just sort of like a they get into some adventures they have some fun there's a few different like just a bunch of different vignettes of yes of of, uh life in the 19 what 50s yeah i think it's like 63 yeah um and just sort of what it's like to be a kid at that time and just finding your way in, in a group of friends it centers around baseball but there's other things that happen as well and it's the biggest pickle that they'd ever <laughs> be in, well, which is re- repeated almost verbatim twice in the first like ten minutes of this movie, and it drives me nuts. Here, here's my here's my question with that. Right? Is that intentional? Is that is that just to is that to highlight that as the we're, biggest pickle? We're, gonna, we're okay. Uh, this will get into a, a deeper conversation, I think. But he repeats the the biggest pickle blah 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 yeah 
and when I ask if that's intentional, what I mean is like, uh, there's a bunch of stuff in, in this movie that's like from the perspective of kids, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, growing up and, you know, when you're a kid, every kind of situation is like the biggest, the biggest event of your life. Like, oh man, this, this just happened. So the narrator, he's, is that an attempt at the narrator being like, this was the biggest thing that happened? I I think that's an interesting point. I but it's you talk about the perspective of kids, but it's there is a narration throughout the entire film. Sure, that is from the perspective of Scott, Scotty Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Smalls, um, and 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 it's voiced in as an adult, and and he talks. He's looking back at this summer of his childhood. So when he says the biggest pickle we'd ever be in or whatever. Like he's saying that as an adult, like he's sure he he's, he's, he's reflecting on an experience from when he was a kid, Mm -hmm. but he's a grown man. He's, he's a sports announcer now. Like he can, like he, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's just a little sticky point where I, I like the first time they use it. And I like that they then transition into a scene establishing some of the baseball aspects and, and Benny the Jet Rodriguez, who uh, then at school is immediately caught in a pickle uh, in a pickup game of baseball and, and gets through it. Um, I, feel, I like the way that they tie that together, but it's just the way that they like, it's almost like in the voiceover booth, like they're like, all right. We want you to do the line of the biggest pickle we'd ever be in. Like, try it a few different ways, and they're like, oh, we can't decide which one's better. Let's just use both of them in the yeah. first 10 minutes of the movie. I, I, I gotcha. I, 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 just, I just can't help but, but think that the, it, it's, it's intentional from, from that aspect. They're like, you know, you're telling this story. You're telling this story to your kids. Imagine you're telling this story to your kids, right? Okay, I'm imagining the, it. I'm not visualizing it because a fantasia. A fantasia, you know, th- this this guy Scotty is not telling us this story from the the booth, right? He's he's remembering it. Sure, he's remembering yeah. it uh, for all intents and purposes. It's just his like his recollection of ex- exactly the events. Yeah, and and we're just we're just invaders in his mind when we're just listening to him reminisce about this stuff as he's watching Benny the Jet down on on the the diamond yeah. i guess i don't know whatever yeah. uh, but you know so i can't help but think that it's intentional that he's like he he's looking back and as as he's chronologically going through that summer where he's like oh this is the biggest pickle that we got in yeah uh just kind of like oh wait this did, was did the i biggest... mention this is the biggest pickle yeah um that said uh that's one of my biggest so many critiques of this movie because I love. I don't want to. I'm cutting you off here, but I have to ask the question: Is it is it like a is it like one of those like sweet pickles, or is it like <laughs> like one of those like I'm, pic- I'm picturing like a big fat kosher dill, uh, like God. you get it like the fair or something, or, like or, out of the big like jars. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I think the more of, biggest pickle. <laughs> I think of like the biggest jar of Clawson spicy dill pickle oh, chips. Oh, which we just devour at my house all the time. That's so good. We should make... Oh, Deep we can't. Fry 
defry them. Well, I have to do it at your house because my house is. You have nothing right here. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I have nothing. Uh, so yeah, so we have we have our group of uh, of kids. We've got we've got Smalls, right? Scotty Smalls. Yeah. Uh, we got Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. We got Ham. We got Ham. We got yeah, yeah. We got Squints. Uh, uh. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of other guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I What's what are the what are the guys that the two brothers that repeat? Tommy and Bommy, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I like the group that we have. Um, and then I like just kind of the stuff that they do. Like I like first for stars the hero of this movie really is is Benny. Yeah. Um, because he's the one that brings Smalls into the group. He he has no I mean his his excuse is, well, we've only got eight guys, we need a ninth guy. Right. And he, but he doesn't just stick him out in, in left center and, and leave him there. He, he, he works with him. And he, he mentors him. He does the most miraculous thing ever, which is to be like, just put your glove in the air and I'm going <laughs> to hit a baseball right into yeah. your mitt. Um, which, which is, which is, a, it's a great scene. That stretches my disbelief to its <laughs> limits. But I want to talk about disbelief in this movie because the movie is played pretty straight. It's played as sort of this yeah it's a guy telling a story about his childhood Mm -hmm. um but most of the scenes are like yeah you can watch it as a standard movie and this is what's going on but then they take liberties to kind of stretch the imagination and stretch the memory almost of of the individual Mm -hmm. um in in unique ways and one of those things is the the first few encounters of the beast right which is which is the um the St. Bernard that lives on the other side of the fence from the sandlot in Mr. Myrtle's yard. Right. Which 108 baseballs or something have been hit over that fence and never have been seen again because of the beast. Right. But the first time that smalls is out there in the outfield and, and he sees like the fence rattling and stuff like they show like the, the shadow of, of the, of the creature on the other side. And it, it almost looks like a T-Rex from like Jurassic Park. Like it's so oversized, right? It's, um, there's also a scene later on in the film where Benny is like, it's like a dream sequence, Uh but like Babe Ruth actually like comes into his room and like has a conversation (laughs) with him. Yeah. Um, there's little, there's little things that happen like that. There's the scene, uh, on the camp out night where they just do a full on, like, montage like vignette where <laughs> squints is telling the story of the beast forever and like that i've said forever there and like ro- like <laughs> catching the b- lower lip on yeah. my teeth because of this movie like yeah. for my entire adult life i've done that um but yeah so those parts kind of break up these other little vignettes of things that happen and uh and just kind of make it a little bit more fun and kind of uh, make it larger than life sort of for the story. And and so I like that part of it as well. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that goes back to the whole, it's we're invading his mind with his, uh, him being an unreliable narrator telling the story. Right. Uh, and how, how like some things just wrap up so neatly, uh, like, like with Mr. Myrtle, just kind of laughing and be like, Hey, here's, here's this ball signed by the 1927 Yankees. Yeah. You know, like I, you, I don't think you're supposed to take all the things that happen at, at face value, right? Okay. Obviously, because the St. Bernard, like the puppet, when they're trying to get the, the <laughs> Babe Ruth sign ball out of the yard, you know, like yeah. 
like everything is just so exaggerated. Sure. And it's supposed to be exaggerated because mm-hmm. like, you know, everything is so much scarier when you're when you're a kid and you don't know <laughs> what's going yeah. on. And and so I think it's effective in representing that. And when I watched it tonight, that's what I caught from it was, okay, that's, that's what they're doing. Like they're mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's a representation of them as kids. Sure. And it's yeah. exaggerated because, you know... Think about it like when you were a kid and maybe like the cookie jar was on the, the top shelf uh, in the kitchen or on top of the top, fridge. Top of the fridge. Top of the fridge, right? How how high was that, that damn thing when you were a kid? You're like, it's not it's so tall. I can't even see the top of it. Like I would need a ladder. That's it, the only reasonable way to get up there. It just, it, wow. I, I'll, ne- I'll never be able to get to that. Yeah. I'll never be an adult to get to that thing. Unattainable peaks. <laughs> and then you and then you grow up and you're like, Wow, really? This is this was this high? I just I just grab stuff off the top of my fridge all the time. <laughs> I not even I don't even even stuff I don't want, I just grab up there. Uh, granted Chelsea's taller than me and I say, Hey, can you grab <laughs> that cookie jar? <laughs> you know? But still, you know, that's that that's a thing. And so I think that the movie is effective in that aspect. So I w- I wanna ask and, and because it's fresh in your mind, I wanna know were there any particular scenes or vignettes that stood out to you as um, uniquely interesting or funny or you felt was just a good little picture of sort of an experience or things like that? Any Anything that you want to highlight? Things that you maybe remember or that have stuck with you <laughs> over time? Uh, I'll, I would like to throw out the 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 story within the story right okay so the memory uh so squints is telling the story about the beast right right and, okay so and this the, is the camp out night yes where they're in the treehouse above the sandlot more or less yeah. right and, and and squints is telling the story about how the beast was a junkyard dog and and the police made made him retire and locked him up in, in the lean-to and it's such a for everything else in the movie that that's fairly straightforward, except the the dream sequence with, with mm-hmm. Babe Ruth, and even that is kind of played a little bit straight. Yeah, um, it's it's a weird aside and a weird just kind of abstract thought, and and that's so cool to me because this it, we're in this guy's memories, and this guy is remembering a memory within his memory. <laughs> He's incepting right now. He's straight up. This incepting. is Sandlot Inception. <laughs> It's 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 the cool. top does not fall over. And in the the way all those like all the the scenes in that 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 story of of uh the beast are framed the black and white all like the dutch angles and just kind of like hodgepodge of scenes thrown It's got together. like the weird like like uh what is it um I keep wanting to say garbage dump but it's like uh yeah, like the guy, the robbers in in, in there, and like <laughs> yeah. they look, they look like the only the only other thing that I remember like correlated to is in uh, a Christmas story uh-huh. when when he's dreaming about his Red Rider BB gun, and like all the the guys are like <laughs> crawling around his backyard, and it's all like kind of like, yeah. I don't, I don't get that reference. I own Christmas story. I've never seen it. All right. Okay, well, so I'm re- gonna remember that for a rewatch <laughs> this 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 December. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, along with that that junkyard scene, what Squint? There's a line that Squint says in that. When he's describing the story, he's like, and so people called the police because they were wondering where these, all these thieves disappeared <laughs> these to. These dead thieves are or like where all these thieves are. Missing. Yeah. And, and that made me laugh out loud. 
because that's that's like a that's a story I would have told when I was a kid. <laughs> like that's just a plot hole that I would just missed. <laughs> I just included in there, and I just like, it was such a uh, a realistic yeah piece yeah. of of dot. Just uh, the way a kid would tell a story. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. So that that is really great. What about what about you? Uh, you know, a scene that for a movie that really centers around baseball and just being outside playing America's favorite pastime, if you will. Um, one of my favorite scenes is one that takes place uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a day that's too hot for baseball. And that is the day where they decide to go to the community pool instead. Hey, oh, this, this goes back to your life where you, where you sexually assaulted a woman by a public pool. <laughs> no, no, uh, that those, those charges were dropped and uh, no, um, no. Yes. I'm not saying that I enjoy this scene because it, it was aspirational, um, but I love, so, so they're at the pool. We know that squints has an affinity for Wendy peppercorn. Um, it's established earlier within the movie. Um, but I love this nerdy kid who they're, they're all going to the pool now as a kid. Yeah. I, I grew up in San Diego and I went to the public pools and sometimes there were people at the pool that I was like, all right, cool. All right. But I never hatched people, people, females particularly. Okay. Okay. Um, but I never hatched a plan to fake drowning in, in, in an attempt to, to, uh, to gather their attention or anything like that. But I love, I love little things that happen. <laughs> the scene where he's like, so if, if, if you're not familiar with it, squints who can't apparently swim jumps into the deep end and is rescued by the lifeguard, Wendy Peppercorn. And then she starts doing CPR. And there's this moment uh, during CPR where like he wakes up and he like looks at all the friends and he's got this big like ridiculous grin on his face <laughs> and then goes back to like straight face like he's passed out um and then he tries to you know rape <laughs> sexually assault uh <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn um but there's a there's a part right afterwards where Ham is like uh did you uh what were you doing like did you know you were going to do that? He's like, I've been planning it for years or whatever. He's like, Guys, you plan that and all this stuff. And they like take off. But just this, uh, that leads into a couple of other moments. One being just sort of when they're at the fence and he like has this moment from outside the pool where she's just kind of like, she's not pissed about it anymore. And she right. kind of sees the humor and flattery in it, I guess for a kid of that age. Yeah. But that fast forwards way to the end of the movie when he ends up like marrying Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it's one of those, um, it's just like a line that's thrown yeah. out there, but it's one of those things where I just feel like if that was like that one moment that started that, whatever connection or whatever, uh, that's, that's hilarious to me. That, I, I mean, that that's a really similar story to how you and Sheena hooked up, right? Yeah. So I faked my drowning. <laughs> Uh, uh, but she couldn't swim. So. She could. She could. <laughs> so, so I just died. <laughs> and now I'm a ghost. Um, so I want. I want to ask you about childhood real fast. Uh, so I'm accused so many times in my life uh, of not knowing how to sport. <laughs> going going back to Bob Carroll, yeah. uh, good guy. You know, 
second consecutive name drop I, in the episode. I bel- I belittle myself a lot and by and I say like I don't know how to sport right. Sure. And I, I just say that just because I'm like, I, like don't don't get too I, don't let the fact that we're inside in a garage doing a podcast <laughs> give you the wrong impression about how outdoorsy we are. Right. I mean, like I I I am decent at whenever I play football or or maybe not baseball or, or kickball or whatever <laughs> soccer right I, I can do all those things don't don't get me started De- on foosball though decently I'm current champ I oh think. my god i'm so I good in the work center i'm so good at foosball uh you know so i make the joke about i just don't want people to to uh get a wrong impression of my level of playing i'd rather think that i suck and then see that i do decent yeah then you want to you want to stifle their expectations exactly so that yeah. you, ha- you you set the bar low so that then you can jump over it. exactly it's far easier to say i suck and then people are like oh hey you don't suck yeah and i say not bad uh damn right i don't suck my fuck <laughs> i've never said that well i, I mean i, just I mean you have but not in that <laughs> scenario um so there's there there's the aspect of the movie where you know when i was a kid i didn't I didn't play sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd go out there and play soccer or whatever, and I'd, I'd be, I'd do decently and I'd, I'd do decently kickball and all these type of things. Um, but you know, uh, what, what's the man? Scotty? Yeah. Smalls. Smalls. Okay. We'll just stick with smalls. You know, he goes out there when the movie starts and he doesn't, he doesn't know how to catch. He doesn't know how to throw. I love that. He like focuses on form so hard that he like, throws it two feet in front of him and <laughs> yeah. then it ultimately ends up just like running the ball into the pitcher. At yeah. Point. yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> there, there's an aspect of the movie that like I can kind of relate where, you know, Benny goes up to him and is like, you're just, you're trying too hard. Yeah. Just don't try. You're thinking, you're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Don't be a try hard. He says, he doesn't <laughs> say that. It's, it's implied. Sure. Um, and so I can, I can relate to that a little bit. Right. And just, just being like, Maybe that's maybe that's why I put myself down and saying I don't sport is mm-hmm. if I if I say yeah I know how to do it then that's me already me trying too hard yeah. and, and not just not just playing it um, so yeah I, I feel I feel his pain with like <laughs> like n- missing the ball right yeah <laughs> you know and like and like, like stumbling oh, backwards as as he's trying to get, as it flies overhead yeah yeah I I think for me I mean I didn't really really early in like my youth i was not a sporting type uh i did like i did a year did you just slip in the to to british speak <laughs> we, we'd head down to the old cricket pitch <laughs> uh no so i i think i did like i did like a year t-ball and i was like dad no this same for me and uh I vividly remember from my childhood going to like a Boy Scouts. Um, like it was like a meeting where I was like, Hey, come join the Boy Scouts. And they showed like a slideshow, of like all the cool stuff they did with like going outdoors and camping and, you know, hiking and stuff. And I think we left before the thing was over. And I was like, dad, no, <laughs> this <laughs> too much outside. We need, let's go home. I want to, I want to play on the computer. Yeah. Uh, where's the, where's the NES controller? Um, but I did, I did play organized sports for a little while. I played, played hockey of all things for, for a while. Um, but San Diego, the coldest part of California, it was roller hockey. Let's be honest, (laughs) but it wasn't a league. It wasn't just out on the street. 
Um, but for me, so nineties, so nineties, so nineties. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so as you know, when I was like ten or eleven, I lived in like an apartment complex, mm-hmm. and the kids in the complex, we would go out and play in the street, and we'd play football, or we'd, you know, like do stuff like that on the street. And for me, that is the biggest sort of correlation to this movie as far as just going out there with a group of friends almost every day and playing some sort of game just because we had a ball and we had an area where we could play and it was speed bump to speed bump. Those are our end zones. And we just kind of, you know, we did, we did that thing. And, um, yeah, I've, I've hit a baseball through a window and I've done, I've done things like that, but, um, (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't because I was particularly great at the game, but it was, it was just fun to be out there with the kids in the neighborhood and doing that sort of thing. And so for me, like, even though Smalls isn't necessarily the star athlete and, and as we see where he ends up, he, he becomes enamored with the game. He loves the game of baseball, but he loves from a more analytic perspective or, or, or sharing the game with other people. Um, that, that's more me. Like I, I can appreciate sports yeah. a lot as yeah. a spectator and as a fan, but I have no, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go out there and, you know, perform at a high level. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have gotten into more organized sports in high school and stuff like that. But I remember, I remember the, t- the exact moment that I decided that I wasn't going to go in organized sports and it was in eighth grade. And I was talking to a friend, Steve Rigamat, um, who, uh, very, uh, I'm friends with him still on Facebook. I, I don't talk to him often. Right. Um, so no hard feelings to Steve, but he, we're walking home one day from school. And I said, you know what, when, when I get into high school, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try out for football. And Steve at that time was as skinny and scrawny as I am still today. <laughs> right. Okay. And he was like, and he said, I don't know, man, like you're, you know, you're kind of kind of skinny and scrawny. You're just a little guy. Yeah. Um, and so I said, Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. And that's the moment that I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try for any sports anymore. I won't be a sporting guy. Uh side note, that son of a bitch <laughs> tried out for football and because you work out, you're not skinny and scrawny anymore. Yeah, and you get bigger and stronger. <laughs> yeah. And you develop. And into... he did well in football yeah. uh, the entire time. So so that that's when I decided not to. But, you know, I would always kind of introvert a lot of times. And I would I would still, like, play soccer kind of by myself, just kicking it, the ball against the wall over and over again, right? Like That's better than me, who in high school took three tennis balls home and taught myself how to juggle. Hey. And then went juggling with my friends in high school. Real story. <laughs> you get the legit story here on Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, That's why all my... And Bob gives me crap about not sporting, <laughs> right? Juggle Mino. Hit me up on social media he everywhere. Gives, he gives me so much crap, and, I'm, and I do a podcast with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he just I likes did, my haircut. I did intramural soccer at in <laughs> Oklahoma City, okay? Um, all right, so so this is a, this is a coming-of-age story. This is a... It's a it's a it's a period piece, if you will. Um, one of the, one of the movies that it most closely relates uh, for me is Stand by Me. Uh, are you familiar with the film? Yeah, Stephen King short yeah. story. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and, and I think there are some parallels. I mean, it's not obviously Stand by Me is more about hey, do you want to go see a dead body? 
and, and they're going out. But there's a there's a few things that happen. There's this scene in uh, the Sandlot where they go to the fair, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they get some some chewing tobacco, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and they're they're trying to be like the pros, right? And so they're 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 gonna, they're all trying chewing tobacco. They have no idea what they're doing, mm-hmm. and so they just eat a bunch of it. <laughs> and or swallow it and stuff yeah right? um such a terrible decision and then go on some sort of like tilt a whirl ride and everybody gets sick and this is like the the go-to vomit scene for the movie right uh and i and i think about stand by me all the time because of the story that's told in that movie which it's it's almost like the uh the moment in stand by me where they do they're the beast story but in this case they're t- they're telling a story about a pie eating contest no. uh and and i'm just like why why do these why do these movies have to have gratuitous vomiting <laughs> as, as a staple is is that something that is is a trend in these films or is that uh i mean part of coming of age is is throwing up is dealing with vomit yeah uh, puke is a real thing that I, i'm gonna to i'm gonna ask you this question travis because you brought up the whole vomit so. hey well, do you have you ever thrown up from drinking too much? One time. All right. Justin Dornetto was involved. <laughs> it was a learning experience, right? Uh yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. Yeah, I did. I learned a lot. I learned never to play quarters with Justin Dornetto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it uh I might have thrown up from quarters too. I think that that might have been my thing. It was Justin Dornetto then? As, <laughs> no, I think I just made out with a girl too, um, and then I was like, you know what? You know what? The best bet is from here on out to throw up. Um, yeah, and like it's weird because the throw up portion of your your adolescence, there there is something there that like you you learn a little bit about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that is highly traumatic in in adolescence yeah i think yeah i i realized you know vomit was the mo was the moment that i realized i, I, I was an adult like i was a, a father because uh my oldest daughter uh when she was less than a year old <laughs> uh she i fed her some baby food yeah and then she was crawling around and for now i was deployed for a part of her first year right <laughs> so i wasn't there for all of the stages yeah so i didn't realize that feeding her baby food and then letting her crawl around on her stomach might upset her stomach a little bit oh. so then she gets all like sick looking and something in my head switched and as she was about to vomit i ran towards her and placed my hands in a cup under her face and i caught the puke and and holding and holding the vomit in my hands, I thought, "This is I'm a dad now. Yeah. I'm a dad. This is this has happened." And then I and then I went and cleaned myself up. I, I have very similar stories, but <laughs> for all the times I've thrown up. <laughs> yeah, after that happened, I've cleaned up after other friends and things like that. Yeah, as well. But. Uh, yeah, me and me and John, <laughs> we tore up your house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving anyway, on. All right. Um, um, Okay, so uh, we we've alluded to it throughout this episode, but we talk about nostalgia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that that that's that's really what the Sandlot is about is a, 
a grown man who's you know he's set in his way you know he's married or whatever it is life is like and he's still looking down on his friend benny (laughs) who's who's playing playing the game yeah Uh, but you know it's just all about him just looking back on his life and and looking just back at some good times And, and really if you for this movie if you cut out all the the scenes from 1963 and it was just um and it's just stuff in the present it would just be a friend looking at another friend down on the field doing something awesome and and that's it that it's like a maybe a three minute just short it's it's like a it's like a like a telephone company commercial <laughs> yeah like <laughs> that's yeah it, that's it hey benny and he gives him a <laughs> thumbs up right um and connect with the ones you love most <laughs> uh but i throw this out there because you're about to to move away right and w- when we uh the other day we were tearing down your trampoline that, in, in, that we were in your backyard and you know that snapshot in time of us taking on a trampoline it still reminded me and it probably reminded you of when we were actually putting that up on Christmas yep, Eve. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, that's what that moment is, is just the memories of, of putting that stuff together. Um, I mean, we, we have it when we look on our Facebook and we see our best friends from high school or, uh, well, Facebook doesn't, doesn't uh, let us forget anymore. Cause it reminds <laughs> you every day of stuff that happened in the years previous. That, that, that's true. That's true. But uh, but nostalgia, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that's one of the things. You know, it's it's interesting because you talk about nostalgia, and with this movie in particular, because I fell in love with this movie as a kid, mm-hmm. and so for us to then rewatch it now, uh, I connect with it on two levels, right? Because I connect with it uh, at face value as as the movie that it is, and the nostalgia piece that it is, and and things like that. But then I also connect with it as the kid that was watching that movie and that, and how I fell in love with it and, and, and the lines and the different things from that movie that have kind of stuck with me. And, you know, I use terms like you're killing me smalls and things like that. Like all the time that's become almost, almost a part of our, our, our culture. It it, it is. And you bring that up and that's awesome that you bring it up because when I heard ham say that, that line, I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's where that line. That's where people say that from. Right. And and so then I, I actually had to look it up, right? Because I, I said to myself, is this where that line came from? So, I, you know, I went on to Google and, and sure enough, that's where the line came from. And and I'd, I've heard people who I've heard people use it that, you know, I wouldn't associate them to the Sandlot. Right. You know, like people who are just complete, complete jerks. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> no. But you know, just people you wouldn't expect to be like, like Sandlot purists, using that line like, "Oh, you're killing me, Smalls." Like my friend Sean, like I, I, I love him, but he's not a person that I would expect to use that line and, and know where it's from. Well, it's not. It's it's almost a line that has separated itself from the source. Yeah. Like it's it's become such a. You, you're talking to me. Yeah. You're talking to me like that, that whole thing. People don't necessarily know that's from taxi driver. Right. right? Yeah. They, but they know it's something in the pop culture consciousness yeah. and they've heard it and it's been repeated so many times that it, it has become its own thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not just the line from that movie. Like, like when I, when I reference Tommy boy lines all the time, that's still pretty much definitely going to be about Tommy boy. Lines. Right. Right. Like right. when I reference 
I did not murder him. It's iRobot. iRobot. Every time. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> the famous um, iRobot line. Well, is there is there anything else that, that you want to cover about this movie or, or anything else that we talked about uh, before we before we wrap it up? No, I, I just want to say that, I, you know, I'd seen The Sandlot a long time ago. Yeah. I barely remembered it. Uh, but watching it, I remembered like, oh, you know what? This this is a good movie, and it, it's not one of those movies that you look back on and you say, uh, that wasn't that wasn't nearly as good as I remembered it. This was one where like almost growing up and and being coming an adult, you're like, you know, actually, no, this is this is this is good because it it speaks to like you're saying before, it speaks to both aspects of your life, your childhood, and looking back as an adult on your childhood as as a parent and and i have i have an eight-year-old now apparently apparently <laughs> uh <laughs> that's a that's a dad joke right there as a, as a dad I oh a dad joke that. hey is that a dad joke a, about being a dad there's layers to it oh anyway. my god inception uh, but i i watched this movie this go round yeah um from a perspective of like oh i really want i want to share this movie with some of my kids and yeah. be like, Hey, this is a movie I loved as a kid. Uh, now you need to watch this cause it's awesome. And and that's why Dexter watches child's play. <laughs> yeah. Pet cemetery <laughs> on repeat. He watched outcasts with, with me. <laughs> uh, Chelsea wasn't a huge fan, especially right. when he's punching the, the kids. Yeah. Well, you know, anyway, that was, like, that was last. I week. was like, see Dexter, this is what's going to happen to you. If you're a bad kid, if you ever are possessed by a demon, <laughs> Dad's gonna punch you. I have no qualms <laughs> with socking you in the chin. Right. Uh, in case you missed last week's episode, we talked about Outcast. Go download it on iTunes. <laughs> um, well, th- thanks to Netflix for having this movie on there, so we can rewatch it. Um, looking very much forward to September when they get all of the Disney, Lucasfilm, and Marvel movies over on that, Netflix. That's right. That's that's gonna be a whole new wave of. Uh, of rewatch territory for that's, us. That's right. I may have to start a spinoff podcast just just to uh, cover all the Disney movies. <laughs> you, oh, dude, man, that's that's perfect timing for you to start that's, your own. Uh, look, looking forward to that. Maybe could Uh-oh. be a thing once I have a, a, an established high speed internet connection in my I, house. I, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, I, guys, I've been trying to get Travis to do his his own podcast for at least like a week at least maybe even two at, at least a week or two um because as much as i love the twilight zone uh travis loves disney at least twice as much it maybe even uh, maybe at least 1.5 <laughs> uh well if you like this podcast then uh and and you like the sandlot please we want to hear uh what you thought about the movie if this is a movie that you grew up watching maybe you loved it as a kid and you haven't watched it in a long time Love to hear your thoughts about the movie after revisiting it. If you've never seen The Sandlot and you watched it for the first time because of this show. I envy you. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little blown away by that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about the film. <laughs> um, so you can you can share all those thoughts with us over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show, over on Twitter at apathusiast. Uh, on Instagram, you can like send us a picture of a baseball or something <laughs> on apathetic <laughs> underscore enthusiasm. Just, ta- just- any 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 pictures of baseballs? Yeah, just, just tag send us, us send us pictures of baseballs on, on Instagram, please. <laughs> um, and then whoever sends us the whoever <laughs> tags us in the most pictures of baseballs wins a special prize. 
Yeah. To be determined. It's going to be a signed baseball (laughs) by baby Ruth. (laughs) Um, Tagged in Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, we're not actually gonna. Pay yeah, for no, shit. that's too much no, money. No, we don't have a Patreon yet, and, and I don't actually know like what like a good quality baseball is. <laughs> um, Titley, obviously, obviously, you can hit us up on all those social media sites, but the best place for everything apathetic enthusiasm is to go to apatheticenthusiasm dot com. Uh, head over to the post for this this episode. Uh, let us know what you think about the movie. Leave a comment. You know, I don't know a picture or whatever. I don't know. Just, just say hi. Baseball. Just say hi. Baseball. Just, just Has- keep just, hashtag baseball. Just, just baseball pictures. Yeah. All day, every day, every day. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next week we will we will have. We don't know what we're talking about, but that's okay. Uh, as long as we have you there with us by our side. We we only have a couple more of these before we're gonna we're gonna have a whole new system. But <laughs> I'm excited for it. And until next week. Yep. You're Brandon. I'm, oh, shoot. (laughs) Uh, And you're Travis. That's right. Uh, And together we are apathetic. We're putting our hands together. Apathetic Wonder Twins. (laughs) Form form of microphone. All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hit us up on social media. (laughs) Okay, bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.